Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hello and welcome to the 49ers First and 10 podcast. 10 minutes of the most up-to-date 49ers news first thing in the morning. I'm your host, Brianna McDonald, and I'm joined by 49ers team reporter, Lindsay Polaris, and a special guest on today's episode, Larry Kruger, host of The Crew Show. Larry, thank you for joining. How are you feeling about week three? I'm feeling really good because the 49ers are 2-0, and and they've won both games on the road, and this is an ideal spot to be sitting in right now. Yeah, we're in a condensed week due to Thursday night football. Lindsay, how did the team feel about their jam-packed day of practice and preparation yesterday? Yeah, well, Bree, it's actually, like you said, a condensed week, so that completely changes the approach to the entire game week. Uh, the team actually didn't do any formal practice, and all they're going to be doing this entire week, which is really just Tuesday and Wednesday, are walkthroughs. Um, and we heard from a few of the players in press conferences uh, and so some interviews, and it's a quick turnaround for them. There really is no way to sugarcoat it. They are jamming what they normally do in you know a four-day span into two days. So it's a lot of meetings and obviously a lot of individual prep work that they have to do in order to be ready. But this is something that happens to every team across the league throughout the course of the season. It's nothing new, um, but it is a unique challenge, especially for this week. So they're doing their best to fit everything in in a very short amount of time. Yeah, and as we set our focus to game day, Larry, what should we expect from this New York Giants team? They had a slow start last week against the Cardinals, but they did make a big comeback to take the win. Tell us why they shouldn't be underestimated. Well, I mean, they were a playoff team um, last year, and you know, it's it's a really good coaching staff. Brian Dable is a phenomenal head coach, and yeah, they got off to a slow start, but it seems like they found themselves at halftime of that Arizona game. And, um, you know, they've got good offensive weapons, though we don't know the status of Saquon Barkley. Um, and the Giants also have some really good defensive players led by Dexter Lawrence, the nose guard, and and uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher. And it's going to be a real challenge for the 49ers on both sides of the ball, especially on the, along the offensive line. Yeah, and head coach Kyle Shanahan, he highlighted the duality of quarterback Daniel Jones. He's dangerous in the pocket, and he's dangerous on his feet. 
Lindsay, how important is the defensive line play here? Yeah, I think pressure up front is going to be the difference in terms of making sure Daniel Jones isn't able to make a lot of game-changing plays. He's incredibly talented, and you know, as head coach Kyle Shanahan said, not to be underestimated. He's somebody that can make plays in and out of the pocket. He has also got a great deep ball, so it's all about creating pressure up front and making sure that secondary locks up any passes that Daniel Jones is going to attempt down the field. So definitely an opponent that should not be overlooked despite the short week and despite their slightly slow start in these first couple weeks. And Larry, you highlighted some key players on the Giants offense and their defense, but I'm curious, what are some of the biggest matchups you're watching in this primetime contest? Well, you know, it's funny. I, the The right side of the 49er line is obviously premier, right? You've got Javon Hargrave and Nick Bosa. And in this game, they're going up against Andrew Thomas and Ben Bredersen, who are, who are decent players, but both those guys are hurt. Um, and I don't know, they're, they're probably going to give it a go, but they're not going to be 100%. And then John Schmitz is a, or Michael John Schmitz is a pretty good um, center, the rookie from Minnesota, but he is a rookie. So I, I think the real advantage for the 49ers is Armstead, Hargrave, and Bosa going up against, you know, a rookie and two guys that are less than 100%. And I think that's a matchup the 49ers should be able to exploit most of the night. And Lindsay, since Saquon Barkley is questionable for this game, what should we expect from the Giants' run game? Yeah, so I think, of course, Saquon Barkley hasn't been formally ruled out, but the projection is that he likely will not be playing due to that ankle injury against the Arizona Cardinals. So you're looking at a running back core made up of Matt Breida, who was a former 49er. He spent 2017 and 2018 here, I believe. You've also got Gary Brightwell and also the rookie Eric Gray. Um, and those are guys that are going to have to attack the run game as a committee. Um, I heard Daniel Jones speak on the Up and Adams show as well as how he's hoping to contribute to the run game. But Speaking specifically to Matt Breida, Jones said that he's a very reliable player. He's got the burst and the speed to take the ball all the way. So I think expect him to really step up in this game. And Larry, in week one, the Niners liked what they had going on. They said it wasn't a perfect game, but they kept control of the entire game. Looking forward to week two, it was tied up for the most of the first half, but they took the lead in the second half. And if we look at the Giants they were able to make a big comeback in the second half. What are the keys for the 49ers to keep control of this game in week two on their home field? Well, you know, it's interesting because um, the 49ers switched from a zone in the first half to a lot of man-to-man in the second half because they couldn't get tight enough coverage on Puka Nakua. And, and in some ways, I think it may prep them perfectly for this game because I would expect with no Saquon Barkley – that you may see the Giants kind of come out with a ball control short passing game and try to throw it to Brita and throw it to uh, Isaiah Hodgins, for example, who's a kid from Walnut Creek who went to Berean High School, who's a terrific possession receiver. So I think you may see the 49ers mix in a little bit more man coverage and try to take away the passing game underneath to not allow the Giants to just control the clock by, by, you know, with a soft coverage like they did. They kind of brought a little bit of a soft zone in that in that first half against the Rams. And they found a man-to-man in the second half. And I think we may see more of the man-to-man on Thursday night. 
Yeah, the secondary got aggressive in the second half there. We got a pick from Isaiah Oliver and then a pick from Dima Lenore. So do you have any bold predictions for who can maybe make Levi Stadium pick City in this game? <laughs> it's a great question. I mean, I love the way that Lenore is playing, but if I had to gamble on one guy to come away with an interception, it's definitely going to be Tayshawn Gibson. I mean, Gibson, I think, has 35 or 36 career interceptions. He's a real veteran ball hawk. I mean, he really he really prides himself on the ball that's in the air is coming his way. So I'll play the odds and go with Tayshawn Gibson. Nice. Lindsay, are there any injury updates we've got to keep track of entering this contest? Yeah, so definitely keep an eye on the cornerback situation. Ambry Thomas suffered a knee injury against the Rams and was actually labeled as questionable in that first half of the Rams game. He never ended up coming back. He was limited in practice yesterday or what would be a normal practice day. And then also wide receiver Brandon Ayuk listed as questionable with a shoulder injury. And we actually just heard on KNBR that John Lynch says that Ayuk's status for this game is going to be a game-time decision. All right, thank you for those updates. And Larry, we talked a lot about the defense. We made some bold predictions for that secondary. But who from the offense are you looking to shine in this game? We saw a lot from Christian McCaffrey in the first two weeks, a mix of Debo and George Kittle. But who do you think is going to shine in week three? You know, it's funny. It's like Ayuk is such a great talent, and yet – you know, he's got he's battling two different injuries. And I think there's a decent chance that he sits this one out. And if he does, I actually kind of think Ronnie Bell could be a surprise contributor here. Bell has been is a very veteran like rookie. He runs really precise routes. And I think he's ready for this opportunity. I also do think this could be the breakout game for George Kittle. Brock Purdy loves to use the tight end, did it all the way back at, at Iowa State. Um, and I, th- I think this could be the game, the first game of the year where we really see Kittle uh, bust out with a big performance. Well, faithful, tune into the primetime week three matchup. It's set to kick off at 515 Pacific time on Thursday, September 21st on Prime Video. But that will do it for today. Thank you so much, Lindsay and Larry, for joining me in on this update. Don't forget to follow First and Ten on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to turn on the notifications so you're in the know when we post any breaking news updates. And thank you, Faithful, for tuning in. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.